I have to pull up my notes and like read them real quick because TBH, I don't remember anything <laughs> about this episode. It's funny. I was going over because I hand wrote, I watched during launch again, so I hand wrote my notes and I was just going over in highlighter the stuff that like I want to talk about. And then it was coming back to me and I'm like, fuck, I really was very disappointed. Yeah, this episode promised a lot and delivered very, very little. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like false advertising. It's not Yes, but cool. this show is so known for that. Yeah. Anytime you see something in a trailer for an upcoming episode, you should just assume that it's never going to be in the context you're expecting. Right. Whatever scene you get a clip of, it's literally that fast. Because I'm pretty sure that wasn't in the trailer for the whole season, the teaser trailer, didn't they have the line where Veronica says, like, nothing's ever going to be the same in Riverdale again. Yeah. But that was literally about her kissing party, during which nothing changed. So, like, <laughs> right. yeah, it fuck? was <laughs> It was, I assumed, to go with the context of they're in the 50s, but of course it was spliced yeah, right. to make it. And that's so disappointing and good for them on trying to sell us because, yeah, yeah it shame, worked. Shame but... on us. Fool me twice. Fool me like a million times. Oh, a million times now. At least seven because, you know, every season. Oh, but um, at, at least seven. <laughs> at least seven. <laughs> Great many more. This is I Hate It. Let's watch it. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. To get us started, here's our 60 second summary. Set your bar low and then go even lower to find this week's disappointing episode of Riverdale titled Sex Education, in which we get neither sex nor education. Despite getting pinned in the last episode, Betty is still sexually frustrated in her relationship with Kevin, who is becoming increasingly obsessed with new student Clay. Clay admits to Kevin that he's gay, but Kevin decides to stay in the closet for now and force things with Betty, which is difficult for all of us to watch. Similarly, Tony appears to be out and is making a very slow play for Cheryl, who is desperately trying to hide her sexual proclivities by making a very public display of dating Archie. Despite all of this tension, no one is having sex and we're bored. We do, however, find out more about Ethel's situation. Turns out her parents were stabby stabbed to death by someone dressed as a milkman, but because she can't prove it, Ethel becomes the number one suspect, especially once her violent drawings and interest in murdery comic books come to light. We're not quite sure where this is going, but it's nice to have a good old Riverdale murder investigation back in the mix. P.S. Jughead and Veronica bond over their mutual interest in literature, and of all the forced relationships in this episode, this one has got to be the worst. We're talking about episode three of season seven of Riverdale which was titled Sex Education. Did you feel educated sexually? No. No, me I did either. not. <laughs> well, the thing that pissed me off was, do you have, I mean, have you seen Grease 2? Yeah. Ugh. You know, there's that whole musical number called Reproduction, and it's yeah. about plant reproduction, but it's, like, sung suggestively, so it's... Of course. I love that song. Like, regardless of what you think of the movie as a whole Grease mm -hmm. too, but that song is fantastic and I was half expecting that to be a musical number in this episode which I would not have been upset about because they really did kind of set that up and then they just didn't do anything with it and I was like oh they didn't and just the whole I mean where do you where do you want to start exactly because given that we were you know bamboozled and <laughs> Not really given a full episode of... Heckin' bamboozled. Yeah. Well, you know, of steamy orgies and shit. I guess... Uh, I don't... I don't even... My problem is I don't even really remember how we got to the kissing party. Because I remember that, you know, Betty is still upset because oh, she's, God. she's dating a gay man and he will not <laughs> do anything with her. She is 
so like there's levels of horniness i guess Mm -hmm. and her level is at the point of i think she will literally hop on whatever she can because right she's so aggravated on top of it that i think now it's just a matter of she's on a mission and i feel horrible (laughs) because she she's doing her best and she's trying so hard to not be that frustrated at least visibly but she is and um like how do i push him without pushing him too hard and it's yes it's uncomfortable i feel bad on both sides like for both yeah i mean i think we're supposed to feel bad and it's frustrating for us too (laughs) Mm -hmm. because because we know like and i think that's the biggest problem with trying to regress all these characters like we know where they're gonna end up and so having to watch them get back to that point after we already saw them get to that point in the future is just kind of like yeah why are we doing this the more frustrated we get it's we have to take a step back and be like okay but it is the 50s and it's not that easy to just admit this to somebody and that's yes, all fine and good Clay yeah it just like comes out with it to oh Kevin. and apparently yeah. tony is like at least known to be gay amongst her circles and that other chick so's lizzo. lizzo oh my god she Lisa wants is to like her bones. Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. And is not shy about it. So there are some people who are not hiding. Like Clay asked him to kind of keep it on the DL, but like he's not hiding it either. Well, I feel like, and again, we've discussed this, but the regression and all of that. And I think we're just playing Kevin's story. It's the exact copy just in the 50s. Yeah. Because it's him afraid of his dad. And, you know, like, I mean, they didn't really go into that. We did get Sheriff Keller this episode. Oh, Oh, Chef. Sheriff Keller. At least he made it back from present day Riverdale. You know, if we haven't seen somebody at this point, I'm a little worried. You know, like we haven't seen Uncle Frank. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Maybe he didn't make it. (laughs) He might not have made it. Didn't make the time jump. (laughs) But... Yes, you could tell that that's a lot of like, it's going to be the home life that affects it and all of of that. But yeah, it's a little tormenting watching him struggle every episode. I mean, again, we're only on episode three now, but I can (laughs) imagine. It feels like a long time. Yeah, and (laughs) to just see him struggle every episode. And then given this episode had so many innuendos just flying back and forth. It was just, it was rough. It was rough. Clay is not being subtle. No. I feel. Everything he says oozes sexual tension. It's like, how do you not notice that he's hitting on you? <laughs> yeah. And he is very hot. He's very yeah, hot. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. I was wondering if we think that there's some way in which he comes with them when they get back to present day Riverdale because... As of now, Kevin is not partnered in current day. And I thought he was with Moose. Didn't Moose come back to be a teacher? Oh, yeah, I guess so. But is that for realsies? <laughs> it seemed it towards the end there. I mean, it was kind of just, you know, it was a pop-up situation. And That's then we were true. like, he oh, did, hi, there's Moose. And then he did come back into the Riverdale bubble to die from the comet with everybody else. So I guess mm-hmm. that was a nice gesture. But I don't know. I I guess. OK, well, then maybe forget my theory. <laughs> well, I but mean, if we're, we're going to have to watch him fall in love with Clay and right. then have him be ripped away from that, that's also upsetting. Kevin, poor Kevin. He's so mistreated. <laughs> he, yeah, I feel horrible. And I but if we do get Clay in present day. 
I didn't mean to rhyme there. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> when we get to the, the poetry readings, I <clears throat> I have so much frustration there. But if he does come to present day and Kevin and Moose are together and there is some tension there, it would be nice to get Kevin that attention he deserves. Right. Of, like being fought make, over or whatever. Yes, make him feel like the one, um, the prize, I guess. The prize, yeah. That, I mean, I think <laughs> that would once. be a nice turn of events. Yeah. Yeah. He's always been the reacher. Mm-hmm. So, poor Kevin. Yeah. But similarly with Cheryl, I mean, she's got her exact same arc from Riverdale where Penelope, which, by the way, horrible bangs. Is it like a law in the 50s that you need to have horrible bangs? So she is her usual horrible self and is basically picking up on Cheryl's preferences and encourages Julian to set her up with one of his friends so that she, you know, doesn't even think about indulging which i find i have to bring this up because i don't know why i paid such attention to the detail during this scene but the song in the background i don't know if you paid attention to it no (laughs) okay so and the song there's a line it's like the devil's a red-headed woman and i was like okay and it had like vibes like that but then it has the scene is cheryl sitting there at the table and she's scooping out a papaya and i was like Again, the innuendos we're going with here right off the bat where she's just kind of like scooping it out and then this song's happening in the background and then her paintings are very risque. Oh my God. I mean, they're pinups basically. They're pinups, but they're nice. Like I would have that. I would hang oh, the sure. one she, with the bubbles. When she yeah, with, with the bubbles. With the bubbles. I liked that one. <laughs> But now I'm wondering, remember we were discussing how, like, oh, all of a sudden Cheryl's this, like, artist or whatever? Yeah. I wonder if it was, like... No. An ancestral thing. Don't do this, John. Don't you dare. You give this show way too much credit, and you need to stop. (laughs) I know. I was just thinking if it was, like, ancestral, and she, you know, inherited that talent. I don't know. From herself? This is Cheryl. Oh. Right. (laughs) This is not her ancestor. I don't like this. I don't like, I don't like this. I no, don't... it's stupid. It is stupid. I'm just trying to piece things together. I know, and it's admirable, but it is Thank a you. fool's errand, Dawn. It is, it is. not going it to is. get you anywhere. Yeah, and I hate, I'm not a fan of, what is his name? Julian. Julian. I, you know, it's funny you say that because I was about to say, I I mean, Jason is such a non-entity in the present day Riverdale, but I kind of like him as like an additional foil. It's just something new, finally. It's some yeah, it's something oh new. Oh my god, it's a little bit more of a oh, the word's not going to come to me. But you had going back and the minimal interactions we would see of Cheryl and Jason. Not only was like he a mute basically, but <laughs> right their interactions because they were twins. They did everything together. Like, again, you did the full rewatch. I'm still in pieces of season one. But there was, like, a scene where, like, they just look like they're a couple and it grossed yeah. me out. No, they, their dynamic was always too intimate. Yeah, so I like having this where they're kind of, like, typical siblings that are, like, you know, would curse each other out in passing yeah. or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I wonder if it was Jason again 
if there would be any issues with the whole like making Cheryl find a guy or because they mm. have that closeness. Right. Jason was more ass. of an ally. Right. I wonder if that would make things different. Well, I, I mean, again, I do think that having Julian there instead of Jason changes the game in a way that is exciting and different. He is a big fat tool, but he <laughs> is doing something different. And that's like yeah. all I want because everything else is the same. So, yeah, uh, I mean, not everything, but I, I'm and we can talk about this in a little bit. But like Archie just continues to shoot down Veronica and it's the best thing I've ever I seen. I kind of love it. And I was putting it like I, <laughs> I wrote at one point. I'm like, yes, you tell her, Archie. Like I was just. Yeah. But then also Archie is such a puss that I he's can't. So, he's so doofy. <laughs> oh, I hate ev- almost every line. They are dumbing him down so much i know and he's such a and i hate to use this phrase because it feels just as cheesy but he's like such an eager beaver yes i use that line all the time i love you eager beaver yes but i feel like in this context of the Mm -hmm. 50s like it just feels wrong to use it but yeah he's like he's he's overly enthusiastic about everything and just has this goofy doofy grin on his face all the time it's so stupid especially given how we discussed last week how much more manly he is because he is an actual adult (laughs) so him having to dumb down even more than like present day orgy yeah it's just it's hard to watch it really is and listening to him just say lines like again he was watching the poetry readings and he's like it didn't even rhyme and it's like (laughs) oh my god or what do flowers and bees have to do with us (sighs) oh god oh god it was torture it was torture yeah let's talk about the poetry reading Uh uh-huh a little bit because I we kind of skipped the only thing I, other thing I wanted to say about Julian was that I feel really gross about that whole thing where he was like trying to set her up with somebody. He was basically pimping out his sister to Archie. He was like, yeah, so yeah. Cheryl, she like dates college guys. So like, you know what that means? Wink, wink. And it's like, you're gross. I feel like Archie, it would have been great because I don't know if anybody has caught on to her being a closeted lesbian i don't know yet tony has (laughs) besides tony but when you know julian's trying to sell archie on taking out cheryl Mm -hmm. whatever and archie's like yeah i mean she's gorgeous i just wanted him to follow up with and a lesbian so let's stop this conversation (laughs) like it was an awkward situation to put archie in i felt a little well, weird yeah, but him. he has no idea what's going on, so he's perfect for it. And I believe actually in that conversation when Julian said, like, you know what that means, wink, wink, he was like, I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. And then and Julian's like, she's a bit more open-minded. And then Archie's still like, no. No idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, such a fucking idiot. Okay, so. talking to a wall. The poetry reading. So mm-hmm. the poetry reading is like a very convenient, cleverly, non-cleverly disguised attempt at Kevin and Cheryl to spend time near slash around their mm-hmm. same sex objects of desire without arousing suspicion. So Cheryl tells Archie she wants to go. Kevin tells Betty he wants to go. <laughs> and Betty and Archie, as you said, like, Archie for sure but Betty is also just kind of like what the fuck is going on here like right this like this is fine but like 
why are you so adamant I, about yeah i don't really get it us? and the contrast is funny because like cheryl and kevin are both so enamored with the whole thing that it's like we're like a little bit too excited about this poetry reading yeah and i think that's why archie needed to comment because i think yes <laughs> he felt so out of place he just wanted to be part of the conversation mm-hmm. and his nod i don't did you notice his like nodding during um <laughs> mm. i think it was clay's <laughs> when like clay was doing his and he was just kind of like nodding it was it was so weird it was so weird <laughs> And then you have Tony's performance that made Cheryl just cream her pants right there. Oh, my God. She got uber excited because she has like an out of body experience. Where, oh, that, and I this mean, is where it begins. Tony is just rubbing herself while she's reciting this poem, which like was fine. I don't know. It as didn't an even ev- rhyme. <laughs> as an event, I'm not really interested in this type of thing. No, I don't think I could sit through that with a serious face. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. I don't, it's funny because I used to write poetry and maybe that's why. Maybe I just, I find most of it to be like, either it makes no sense at all, which is annoying, or it makes too much sense and then it feels kind of cringy. So that's- I agree with that because I I used to write poetry too. And I actually, I posted some on my Instagram. Like if you go back like a couple of years- Oh my God. Yeah. (gasps) Guys, treasure hunt. Anybody wants to go look at that, (laughs) go ahead. I won't take them down because I actually like them. But yeah, there's there's a point where it becomes too too realistic. It's corny and then it's- And then sometimes I feel like if it rhymes, then it's like- hokey but if it doesn't rhyme then it's cheating because it's like Uh, right because then you're just writing words (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) now you're just like writing a sentence slap it just splitting hitting enter in random places right (laughs) yeah so i don't know i have a weird relationship to poetry but this type of event is not something i think i would have been interested in and going to no but it seems definitely up tony's alley like just even the environment of it being at you know that coffee house oh the dark room is like a much cooler concept than, i love it than la bonne nuit versus the white worm or whatever else it was to be honest when it became the white worm i was kind of like okay this makes a little more sense given that well yeah it was run by adults or at least people who could drink and serve alcohol like when it was yeah. la bonne nuit and it was serving mocktails like all right stupid um no. but no i love the dark room and i would love to have one in real life. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are ones like, I mean, witches brew. But in the basement of a diner? <laughs> no. It's across from a Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> that's as close as you're getting it to a, an eating establishment. But um, oh, that's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this, this scene is what kind of starts the whole sexual awakening, dreams, and yeah. Th- but here's the thing. Interesting. I think the people who, I mean, I guess you see Kevin, I mean, or you see Betty struggling with the sexual component of their relationship, but the people who would want to be hooking up with each other, the kissing party that Veronica throws is not for them and is not for that. No. And it doesn't do anything to kind of open the doors to those conversations either <laughs> because Clay doesn't go. Right, Clay does yeah, and it's the stupid postman or post office or whatever the fuck game that first part was. Oh, (laughs) I don't know. I've never heard of any of these things. Well, I mean, some I did, but this, like, oh, you open a letter and it's a number and 
whoever has that number is who you make out with. And it was just stupid because none of them agreed to it, basically. Yeah, it was just like the the key party where everybody paired off exactly as you expected to. And when something like came up and threw a a wrench into the plans, then people were like, well, I'm just not going to do that. And it's like, okay, well, then fuck this. (laughs) Right. There was no there's no point to it. And even I hate when Veronica like. Does anything? Well, yeah. (laughs) Literally does anything. Jumps the gun at her ideas, where it's like, well, we're going to have this party and it's going to be. And it's like, you really didn't think this through. Like, you just have these people sitting in your fucking living room and you're pretending that you are so. And watch, it's going to come out that she's never fucking had sex before. She thinks she's so great and like so much better than everybody else. And especially in this context for her where she's coming from Hollywood so I think like it's reasonable to assume she might have had sex already and done drugs and you know drinking like lots of stuff that maybe people in Riverdale aren't doing but for her to be like let me teach you little provincial people how to kiss each other it's like this was not this was not a helpful tool she's like if we want to learn about sex we should start having it so let's go kiss each other in, in my apartment. <laughs> it's like, and what? also, given her part, you mentioned drugs, and I feel like if she supplied something, <laughs> yeah, a lubricant, a social lubricant, perhaps. If she made it just a little more orgy-ish, what was promised? Yeah, what was promised? Not this weird dream sequence with a lot of plants in the jungle. Yeah, what was that? I guess the animal instincts is that what that was supposed to right evoke? and like and like that like jungle drumming in the background. Which, yeah, honestly, <laughs> <Tribal>. like <laughs> I love how I call it jungle drumming. Um, That's also probably not loved... very PC. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, they made it seem like they were in the jungle, so you got they were. Yeah, and again, yeah. I think it was like an animal instinct kind of. Uh... I would have loved to be one of the extras that had to, like, push the plants in and out of the way because that was hilarious. Like, there were some parts of the scene where it was so obvious that somebody had to push the plants out of the way. Yeah. But that whole scene in itself. Yeah. So we should talk about this. This is what was teased in the trailer and Mm -hmm. made us think that everybody was going to be boning. However, it turns out to just be a dream sequence in which all of the people who were thinking about hooking up with other people but never actually did it end up doing it in this dream sequence. Archie gets with everybody. He's dreaming about hooking up with Cheryl. And then I guess Veronica okay, was and Cheryl watches yeah. <laughs> him hook up with Veronica, right? Yeah, yes. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then... Betty, like stalks oh, Archie like a like a jaguar or something some yeah. kind of jungle creature another jungle <laughs> reference um yeah Kevin and Clay right they're hooking the- up as well and Tony and Cheryl have like a moment right she like do they hook yes up? I th- yeah I think so and I again we were lied to um, <laughs> yeah none because- of this happened in real life it was literally just like what if all of these people made out and then it was like oh When they showed the part where after Cheryl and Archie are hooking up and then it switches to Veronica and you see Cheryl watching, I'm like, okay, this is it's going to come out of this dream sequence and we're going to see like this is really what's going down right now. And that wasn't the case. And I was a little little upset. Yes, this was um, this was rude. (laughs) It was so rude. (laughs) Not fair. No, not nice. Not fair to us. (laughs) 
I don't I don't remember if this happened before or after because we do have to get into the ethyl of it all. Oh, um, yeah, that. But Betty finds a book on human sexuality, which those scenes were hilarious in themselves because she takes this book from Ethel's dresser drawer and then she goes home and she goes under a blanket <laughs> with a flashlight with a flashlight and she starts studying and does she study because <laughs> she is pushing this book on everyone <laughs> she is like doctor so-and-so says this this and this and this is what you have to fucking do and if you don't i don't know what to tell you but we need to start doing this <laughs> something shit is wrong <laughs> something is wrong with us and we need to be yeah. doing this well now. like at the end when she and kevin are hooking up and she's like you're not into this and he's like yes i am and she's like you're not aroused because she read the chapter yeah. on arousal, arousal and obviously knows that he should be exhibiting physical signs of arousal and you know who not. did though Oh, yeah, Archie. (laughs) She puts her hand on his leg and he has to cover it with a stuffed animal. He got up so fast. He had to (laughs) run out of the room. And I felt bad for both of them because, of course, you have, you know, this ignorant Archie who is just like honestly out of the loop with everything. And then poor Betty is just trying. And I also feel bad that she's the go to for him. Yeah, to right. assist him on everything, and it's right. like this poor girl is so fucking horny, and she just she has to teach you how to dance. She has to teach you how to be like a boyfriend, and yet, and she's uh, still attracted to him. I would be I know. so not attracted to him after that. I know, just that he's so helpless with everything. Yes, and I, that's the oh rest of God. your life. You'll have to teach him how to do everything. Yeah, you'll have to spoon feed. She's probably going to have to sit down with him and be like, okay, so here's a diagram of the vagina. Mm -hmm. This is the clit. This is where you want to (laughs) be. It's like, fuck Dr. Werther's. We're not talking about flowers. We're talking about my vagina. (laughs) And she's totally different. What? What is this? Uh, But it kind of looks like a flower. I don't know. It's going to be weird. I don't want to know how that conversation would have went. But, (laughs) oh, Sorry, I keep doing this because I realize like Betty and Jughead never met. Oh, until that until, until the they kiss party. Right. They do kiss at that. Um Yeah, at, and then she's yeah. like, Well, nice to meet you. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and weren't they all in the room together? Like he yeah. tried to convince her that they were out of time in the first episode. Oh, right. They were all in that room and she was Unless she was just being sarcastic. But I feel like none of these people know how to be sarcastic or use it properly. Yeah, maybe unless, maybe they just don't know each other very well. Yeah, it was just But they've definitely met. (laughs) Yeah, and now that you're saying that, I'm like, wait, they did fucking meet. What the fuck? Although I do feel like a lot of people don't know Jughead. Like, he's just not. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem like they're so much in the same circle. Like, he hangs out with Dalton Doily, Ben Button, and Ethel. Mm-hmm. More than we see him hang out with the group, especially after he becomes all 50s in the brain. It right. was really only in that first episode when he remembered that he was trying to talk to the rest of them. Yeah. So, uh, but I guess we should get into the ethyl of it all. Which you know? I was more, I was more fixated on. Well, yeah, that's the more interesting part of this episode. I mean, I'm always happy to see a murder investigation in Riverdale. So that's fun. We love those. But I do also not find Ethel the most compelling individual. She's not. <laughs> like, she, she's, she's not the right focus. <laughs> she kills her parents. Let's can we, can we just. Okay. So <laughs> when, she, 
when she first tells her story and says that the milkman killed her parents. Justice for Willie, man. I, I thought in my mind, I was like, oh my God, there's a serial killer called the milkman in 50s Riverdale and I already love this. And then they were like, no, like a literal milkman. He's 70. Like, oh no. 70 year old Willie. interesting. But she said later, she she amended it and said it was somebody dressed as a milkman. So right. not Which, yeah. that milkman. But either way, there's no proof that anybody else did it. And so they're obviously just looking directly at Ethel. Yeah, because it doesn't help that she drew a picture right. of her parents being smushed into a meat grinder. And she's behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah, of the meat grinder. <laughs> Like, I'm, bitch, you, do, you, no, 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 no. You have to burn that. That's evidence. I know. And Jughead was like, I'll destroy the evidence and then just takes it and hides it back at his little chalet in the abandoned train car. And it's like, that's not good enough. <laughs> no. Like, why, why not burn it? And then he, he also takes the, the comic book issue, the pep comic issue. That he realized he was remembering the story which, from. Now, are we doing Rivervale again? Because this was the whole thing in Rivervale where Percival was from the comic stories in Rivervale. Right. And that's how he ended up in Riverdale. I don't think so. I think it's just her imagination and her being so into the comics that (laughs) That she killed her her parents and this is her story. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, she definitely killed her parents and... (laughs) <laughs> this is her cover story because that was definitely like the last issue she read. Do you genuinely think she killed her parents? Yeah. I mean, she wasn't very happy with them before the dance. Well, no, but like, time. but I mean, like, do you think the show would do that? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it would be a very big. I mean, they've done so many other crazy things. It's not really that far fetched. That, But <sighs> I think someone else is going to have to die because. The concept from the comic book was that this milkman character did go around killing multiple people. It wasn't just... Right, and that would be an awesome... Like you said, like, there's this milkman serial killer, which would yeah. be phenomenal. I mean, I, I, like, I'm obsessed with that name as, like, a serial killer the name. The milkman. The milkman. But we need to see that happen because I guess it gets more suspicious if Ethel's parents are the only people who get stabby stabbed in Riverdale. But Mm -hmm. if lots of people start getting stabby stabbed, then I don't think it would be her. (laughs) Yeah. And also, you're going to think I'm really gross here, but. Oh, great. I put no. I just, you know, I wordplay the coincide, how it coincide that like the milkman, we discuss a milkman throughout the episode. And then we're also dealing with sex education. Ew! So milkman and creaming. I don't Ew, know. Ew, Dawn. I, sorry. You and Betty, but, man. You guys uh, need we to are take a cold shower. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of those things. But I I was a little... So Ethel obviously is parentless. <laughs> an orphan. Oh, an orphan, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Alice is being this insane good samaritan and it's like we have to take this girl in she doesn't have parents and i'm like you are being more of a mother to ethel than you are to betty ever yes yeah and there's one scene where betty wasn't home but she was at the sex party i don't know where she was but ethel was there and the song playing in the background did you catch this 
Oh, no, I don't pay attention to this stuff. Okay, there was a song being played. Hal and Alice are on the couch. She's cross-stitching. He's reading the paper or whatever. But they have a, a record going. Mm-hmm. And the song says something about the milkman, da-da-da. And I'm huh. like, are you really <laughs> playing that with her in this house? Like, that's so rude. Well, I think that was for us, not for Ethel. Right, but I mean, if she is... Was it them playing a record or was it just background music for us? Because it seemed like it was. I don't know. I, did, it, did Ethel have a reaction to it? I mean... No, she was just walking up the stairs. She was extremely oh, okay. impressed. Then it seems like it was okay. <laughs> okay. Just checking. It was just oh, very like. That I'm... reminds me. Betty just casually mentions that Ethel can stay in her sister's old room. But like what? Like we don't get um, an idea of what's happened to Polly oh. in 50s Riverdale. Like, they don't say that she died or that she's away at college or any of the above. I didn't even so, pick up on that. I only did because I've been kind of looking around for other, like, who's Context missing. Clues, yeah. But, like, who's missing from Riverdale right now? And that's why I mentioned Knuckle Frank before and just trying to figure out what everybody's situation is because Polly was dead <laughs> prior to the comet. But then Cheryl had resurrected her and she was still alive when the comet hit. So, yeah, because that's she had died them all standing at the window, like, while right. it hit. I would assume she's dead, dead. And honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Charles walking around like he's a normal part of the family, too. Because, you know, if Julian can be around, then we can have Charles and Chick. And, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay if he's not there. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of him. Especially when he grew his hair out. That was not a good look. <laughs> that was so bad. That was not good. Looks like a demonic Backstreet Boy. But yeah, I didn't see a preview. Oh, okay. Um, I did, but now I don't remember. It didn't seem... Relevant? <laughs> yeah, it didn't. I, now, hold on. Just like stand by because I just want to look up and see what the synopsis for the next episode is because that'll probably jog my memory. Um... Cheryl's plan to fool her family spirals out of control. Jughead turns to Veronica for... Oh, we need to talk about Jughead and Veronica. We do, yes. Maybe that's what the preview is. I don't remember. But Jughead and Veronica stay up all night talking about literature or whatever common interests they have. Yeah, Yeah. Which, like, guys, this pairing has zero chemistry. Yeah, I don't don't like it, and I, I... Stop forcing that kind of shit. I know. I know. Like, they can have common interests, but you don't have to like push it as it being like they could be potential love interests. Like that does not right. have to happen. Yes. And honestly, it's funny because I think of all the forced relationships we have in this show right now, like the beard relationships. This yeah. one is the most offensive to me. <laughs> it really is. Because yeah. it's so repulsive to watch and like, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. And they just they don't. They don't work as a couple, and especially in this version of Riverdale, this 50s universe that we're in right now. They Veronica, definitely wouldn't even associate with each no, other. No, no way. Veronica is so far removed from everything that 50s Jughead is about. And so for them to bond at all, and I know he acts like shocked, like, oh, I didn't realize that we'd have so much in common. Just like, it doesn't matter. Like, no. you would you would never even be having this conversation. I always think about that one scene. Can't remember which episode it was in, but it was, I think it was the last season or the one before, where Archie, Veronica, Jughead, and Uncle Frank are having dinner, and then there's a fire, and Archie and Uncle Frank have to go. And it's yes. just Veronica and Jughead 
and there's a pause and then Jughead goes, I'm going to finish I'm my dinner in the garage. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and and she's, she's like, like, that's great. Right. And, like, I'll go wash the dishes. Like, they just can't even talk to each yeah, other. Yeah. It's like, that's the around. dynamic that they have. That's the dynamic that we're used to. And there's a reason for it. And it's just because they don't work together and they never have. Right. Yeah. I, I wasn't. A, I wasn't a fan of that forced. No. So I'm upset to think that that might continue. Let's not. Although, didn't we? And then in the preview for like the whole season, didn't we see at one point Archie's on a table with a saw? And they're yes. about to cut him open. Okay. <gasps> this must be the milkman. Is it the milkman? Oh, I hope man. so. Now we have a serial. Well, we have a killer. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess we have to. <laughs> now we, we actually... have to hope that Ethel's innocent. Yeah, I I do think she is. I don't think the show would make her a murderer. But I mean, uh, and then what bothered me at the very end, again, I know it's the 50s. Everybody's playing by their own rules at this point. But the fact that Sheriff Keller says to Jughead, we went through your... (laughs) Yeah, we searched your train car. We searched your train car. (laughs) And and it's like, did you have a warrant? Like, (laughs) why were you going through his fucking stuff? You should be going through her house, not his house. I, I, it just well because they somebody saw him coming out her window when he went in there to retrieve the evidence that picture that she drew and the comic book. Somebody saw him leaving her house and then reported it as suspicious. And And nobody saw Betty because Betty was there too. Well, she was supposed to be. Okay, but still, I think she it was walked in the front out. door. They saw somebody who looked like Jughead with his stupid beanie. Like, whatever. <laughs> just Justice take the beanie Jughead. off. When you're doing a B&E, just take the beanie off, you know? That's that should a, be a saying. An identifying feature. <laughs> B&E equals no beanie. Yeah. Or <laughs> no beanie when you B&E. No beanie beanies. <laughs> beanie beanies. <laughs> I may have to make a shirt for that because that's pretty beanies. funny. Yeah, I don't know. I was just very like literal in that moment and I'm like, he didn't have a warrant. That's weird. No, I mean you're you're totally right. Even if he is a suspect in a in an investigation for he a He wasn't even reason. told he was a suspect. Like it yeah. was to the point where they're just Right. And it's not like he lives with a parent who could have given them permission on his behalf because like as as a, a child still, lest we forget, they're like 17, 16 years old. No, and a, 15, and 16. according to Nat, like we technically like Jughead doesn't have parents like we don't even know if he has parents right right yeah (laughs) they're just like mysteriously absent (laughs) which is I have I have a question you probably won't be able to answer it but I just need to say it okay maybe our our listeners have any theories to to this but if we're now fully engulfed in the 50s is the entire season going to be the 50s oh well I mean we kind of talked about this in the last episode and I don't think so. And I'm pretty sure that the interviews that Roberto Aguirre's Casa has done has sort of indicated that we're not going to be in the 50s the whole time, but we are going to spend a significant period of time in the 50s. If we were still working with present day Jughead, trying to work his magic and getting us back to where we're supposed to be. That would make more sense, but then again, that would be a River Vale scenario, and so the fact that we are just just fifties, no acknowledgement of present day or the future or whatever, I was getting a little worried. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you should be because I don't want to be here for like we're we're just killing time now, basically. Yes, because and... none of this is going to matter, or at least like most of it isn't going to matter. No, and I I think what. I'm afraid of is when it is time to go back (laughs) 
Tabitha's gonna stroll in, but the fact that she wiped his memory, like, is she gonna have some power to then bring it back so mm-hmm. that everybody, like, does she do it for, is she gonna have to do it to everybody? So that <laughs> Kiss they can everybody? Then, like, right. <laughs> Just so that, because if they don't believe they're not coming back, like, I feel like that's gonna be one of those things where it's gonna be like, it gets to a point where she convinces some, not all, and then we get back to present day and we find out like, oh, some of these people survived and some didn't. I, I don't know. Why am I thinking so hard? I don't know. I really think you're just going to have to try to quiet that part of your brain that wants answers mm. because we're not going to get them for a while. And when we do get them, they're going to be inadequate. So we just got to go along for the ride right now. Yeah. And... I do think that everyone's going to have their memories restored because there's really no point in getting back to present day Riverdale if nobody can remember what they were doing and who That's they were true. with. <laughs> so, but you're right. We just, I think there's... everything's going to be okay, but it's not going to be. It's the way that it happens is not going to be correct or satisfying. I, yeah, I was going to say I don't think we're going to like any of it, but we'll no. get some type of an answer in the end. Um, yes. Yeah, because, I mean, I want to say I'm not hating the time period. I'm just hating how they're making them act. It can be the 50s and then not be so fucking stupid. I don't know. No, this feels like a waste of time to me. Just like Rivervale, you know, it's like this feels like, I don't know, like an exercise or a pet project for the writers where they... Is it supposed to be a lesson to learn? Like, is it supposed to be like we're supposed to be getting educated on something? We as the, the audience, end. yeah. I, I mean, are we supposed I hope to learn something? From I'm this? not learning anything. I'm learning that this show mm. proves it can reach new lows every week. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was thinking about it the other day. The comics are basically like in the 50s, right? Imagine if the entire show was this. For well, seven that's what seasons. I was saying in the last. Well, I mean, sorry, maybe I not. keep forgetting everything <laughs> from the last episode. No, it's all right. Um, <laughs> But I I had said that if they had started the show this way, if they had started in the 50s, I feel like this wouldn't feel so awful, but they didn't. So so now going back in time makes it, I don't know, makes it more frustrating. But I think they I think it was smart of them to modernize it for a modern audience. Yeah, that was taking the source material and doing something different, making it darker, making it more intricate, too intricate, maybe. Mm. But I think that was the right tack to take from the beginning. So maybe now I don't like it because they're just pandering to like the OG comic group. And it's like, well, but that's not what the show was ever (laughs) really Right, it was supposed, yeah. I will admit I am glad they brought on a murder aspect. That does help, yes. Because I feel like if we were just dealing with... The bullshit. The the simpleness of the 50s. (laughs) The simpleness of Archie. uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It would be so boring. Yes. This episode was boring. It was boring. It got to a point where I thought I wanted the sex stuff, and then I'm like, wait, I... I'd rather concentrate <laughs> Wait, on the I murder. Wait, I don't, though. <laughs> like, I'd rather just hear about this murder. I want to know more. Yeah. So hopefully we yeah. find out. Jughead and Ethel are not the the crime-solving team that Jughead and Betty were. So I think that's the only thing that kind of disappoints me about that. I think it's just not going to be as compelling. Yeah. 
but we'll see. We've got a lot more episodes to go. And we do. I'm... I keep talking about this as if we're like halfway, three quarters in. <laughs> yeah, like, like when nope. are we going to get out of the 50s? It's been three episodes. We spent more episodes. time in Rivervale at this point. So <laughs> three episodes, only two of ours. And I am like, yeah, wow, it feels like it's been forever. <laughs> when are we going to be done? Yeah, so that was that was sex education. We didn't learn a thing. Yeah, I, I hope you all learned something. Right? <laughs> I do have a pod pick of the week this Ooh, week. Oh, exciting. Vintage video podcast. I think this is such a great concept. Patrick, Jesse, and Richard, they're watching 80s movies for each year of the decade in chronological order. Oh. And it's pretty fucking cool. And they give their take and they analyze and obviously spoil if you have not seen them. But we're talking films like they're in 1981 right now. And so you got The Blob, you got Strange Behavior, you got The Shining. And uh, yeah, it's a very awesome concept. So definitely check them out um, on Twitter. They're at Vintage Video Pod. And all the other links to their stuff will be in our Instagram post and Twitter post. So make sure you are on the lookout for that. And of course, you know where to find us everywhere. I'm running my mouth on Twitter all the time, <laughs> trying to keep up with Instagram, which I feel like that's a work. We haven't had a yeah. We haven't had a lot of Insta content lately. We need to start having more signature cocktails. Yeah, some yeah. some visually pleasing posts for there, and we'll get <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, so. Again, Twitter, Instagram, our website. Again, you can treat us to a cocktail. We should have a cocktail for you guys coming soon. Merch store, new designs are coming. Be on the lookout for those. Do you have anything you would like to add? I hope all you allergy sufferers out there are doing okay because I am not. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not good. I mean, eyes are like just watering constantly (laughs) they're glazed over i can't see anymore it's fine i'm sneezing all the time and i feel really bad because there is a woman who sits near my office at work and she says bless you every time i sneeze oh no and i need to have the talk with her of like hey you really don't need to do this like i'm not gonna be offended if you don't bless me every time i sneeze but i'm sneezing all the time it's like a full-time job for her just to bless me every time I well sneeze. i mean you are the most blessed then <laughs> the two of us yeah i feel very blessed but maybe too blessed <laughs> overly blessed <laughs> hashtag too blessed <laughs> Oh my God, is that another shirt? Um, <laughs> guys, I'm thinking of ideas. If you have ideas too. The creative like, juices are flowing. Yeah, I'm trying to get back on that uh, on that train. <laughs> but yeah, again, you know where to find us. And uh, until then, that's Endgame. Game.